just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Packer Up Boys. Time now as you're driving home. If you are already home or you're about to head home, this can be you. This can be you in the next hour or two. Sit back, relax, and Wow, that's good stuff. Straighten to my veins, baby. Straighten to my veins. Now, let's get into it, eh? <laughs> Beer, food, and footy festival next, this, not next week, sorry. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. That is right, guys. Make sure if you haven't got tickets already, go to the show notes, grab your tickets, get down there. It's at Henson Park. It's Newtown Jets versus Manly is the main game, but there's plenty of games before that. Plus, I think a few NRL players might be playing. It is honestly the perfect day, whether it's for your family, whether it's a group of mates, sit on the hill. Hopefully it's a beautiful day tomorrow. I think it is forecast to be a solid day. We'll get Maddie to check that. It is going to be fantastic. I mean, even if it is an overcast day, it is still such a good day. Yep, sunny. Sunny day. There you go. Boom. Sitting on the hill, watching rugby league, got all different foods to choose from, all different locally brewed beers, all different stuff that like beers that you haven't seen before. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That, like, if you were to put a, a footy fan's wet dream, this is it. Oh, so basically, the I, I had a look at the layout before. So you got the field, and then you got the hill, and then all the beer tents mm. are like lined up next to each other. I think there's about twenty or thirty. Twenty. Yeah. I mean, it's again, and it's just cool. Like, you get to try beers that you would never try before. Absolutely. Yeah. You get to see brands that you don't know, and these are all. I think most of them are all. I think there's some of them are connected to big, big breweries, but most of them are small like us, like, yeah. you know, just craft beers or a beer like us. It's, it's, um, that's obviously I'm the founder of. So make sure to get down. I'll be down there. Maddie will be down there. Guru will be down there. Timmy might be down there. Come down, say, hey, we'll be serving bloke beer so you can give it a try. Obviously say hi and watch the rugby league. Also, don't forget this week, Nine Now. Watch your rugby league on Nine Now. If you love this show, you love the platform, it's got the best commentary, but not only is it the best commentary in the biggest games, if you watch it on that, on, on Nine Now, you're supporting bloke. That helps bloke out. So if you've got the option between Nine Now and other platforms, choose Nine Now because it helps us grow. Um, and the feedback so far is Nine seem really, really happy. So if we can continue this, we can get bigger and get bigger names on the podcast. Uh, so if you're going to watch Rugby League and you've got the option, watch it on Nine Now, the best in the business. Also, Bloke Lager is in special on special and all New South Wales Thirsty Camels this week. Go check out your nearest Thirsty Camel, New South Wales. Plus, we're in every liquor legend in Queensland, so get into your local liquor legends. Let's get into it, though. Dragons defeat the Tigers. Zach Lomax was absolutely brilliant. Dragons get the job done. Look, it was good that it was a close game and, you know, really important win for the Dragons. I, I would have to say, though, like the standard just... You really can see the difference between that those two sides and the top tier sides. And some might go, well, isn't that that's obvious? They're at the bottom of the table. But I don't think even the Dragons and the Tigers. I don't think we thought heading into this year it would be such a clear difference between the top eight and the the bottom um, of the table. I think because we started the year with so many you know upsets and wins or whatever, and we kind of thought, oh wow, like pretty much nearly anyone can beat anyone. I think the, the the comp is really starting to settle down into who really belongs where on the ladder. Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, the Tigers at the start of the year because they did all the had the, had all those signings. Um, I didn't have them at the bottom of my table. I didn't have them making the finals or anything, but I had them going a little bit better than they are now. Um, but you're right that the Tigers obviously started 
really poorly. But then they got a couple of wins together against Penrith. Then the Dragons went on that that long string of losses, but they were all by like two, four points. Yep. So like it wasn't really here nor there. Um, but yeah, the, the quality last night, like I still enjoyed the game. I, it, mm. I, I expect, to be fair, I expected it to be a lot worse. I, I just think it was a typical low ladder game because the Dragons absolutely scraped home. But the Tigers just shot themselves in the foot. I thought their second half was really bad when it comes to... They just gave away way too many penalties. Way too many penalties. And just made way too many errors. Um, and they had the lead for a lot of the game. So the Tigers really cost themselves. So yeah, it was... I, I still enjoyed watching it. But it was it was definitely a, a bottom four clash. Yeah. I mean, Tigers couldn't even get in the win. They had 10 in the bin at one stage. The Dragons... I have to say, yeah. some of the errors that the Dragons made, especially in their first half, like... If you make errors in contact or, you know, fatigue, they're the ones that you kind of go, okay. But, like, these were just straight drop balls. Yeah, the unforced errors were Like, you're just going. And the thing with that is what, what is so frustrating about that is the players that are making these errors, you're better than that. You know you're better than that. Like, if someone said to you, can you catch an out-the-back ball or can you catch an offload or an inside ball, you would go, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you're not concentrating. Mm. And you're dropping just like it is your job. If you're not going to do it in regards to, um, you know, because you want to win or whatever, do it in regards to like you're getting paid to do a job. Like that, that is a simple task of catching the ball. And I understand every now and then, you know, you see halfbacks, they handle the ball all the time. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. Yeah. But when you see just complete, just the ball was in the breadbasket, like literally a perfect pass. And they just completely drop it cold. You're going, mate. Like, how concentrate? Yeah, it's it's fundamental stuff, isn't it? Because it's it's either not concentrating or or probably both, to be honest, not concentrating or too busy thinking about what you're about to do that you're just not worried about the simple yeah. catch Look, and pass. If a front rower does that, a front rower's earned the right to do that to a degree. Now, in a perfect world, you see the best teams they don't do that. Yeah. But if a front rower is 20 minutes in, he's made 15 tackles, had five hit ups, doing all the tough stuff. You go. You go, okay, mate, we'll defend for you. You know why? Because you've earned the right to that to happen. You're working your ass off. But I, I always say it and I feel like it. But as an outside back, if it's a tough one to catch, for sure, then you can go, well, mate, it was a hard one to catch. If you're getting balls in the breadbasket as an outside yep. back, you should never drop them. And, and the ones you're talking about, I remember there was two that st stick out to me. Both of them, the, the opposition defense, defense was wasn't close to him. Him. Wasn't close him. To him. Um, so I look at that and I go, guys, like, you know, you, I'm not not saying that they do point the finger, but if you want to start like saying, oh, we don't have the best environment or the coaching and all the turmoil, I agree with you. Everyone knows on this podcast, I always talk about environments and players being put in that environment. But at some point with simple stuff like that, that has nothing to do with environment. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. You, you are clocking off and not doing your job. It's that simple. You could have Wayne Bennett as a coach and that still wouldn't be acceptable. Well, I mean... You you learn how to catch when you, you're a kid. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's fundamental stuff. Really fundamental. As I said, if it's a winger jamming in and he's putting, like, you've got no time or you're trying to tip on or, you know, if you've got, you know, a hit through the middle and it bounces out for sure. But yeah, like just, it, a decision-based error or trying to do something, mm. fine. Well, I mean, not fine always. Like, sometimes you get annoyed, but you can, you can at least justify it. But, like, no pressure. Yeah. Just looking up to do what you're like, looking ahead instead of catching the ball, you're like, what? Anyway, so that's where I just go, okay, yeah, it's been a tough year for the Dragons and the Tigers to a degree, um, but these are really, really fundamental things that, sure. you know, first you should take care of that before you start looking at uh, anyone else going, 
this hasn't been great. Anyway, I feel like it's we're being super negative here, but I was just something I watched and I was just like, that's just not good enough. Yeah. Like that's just not good enough. Um, but let's get some positives. Zach Lomax, oh my god, absolutely brilliant. Now he is, he's almost his own worst enemy to a degree now because mate, you set the standard. Mm. We now we see how good you are. Everyone has been talking about this for ages, and we've definitely seen glimpses of it. I'm not of the mind that Lomax has always struggled with his form. Um, I thought I thought he was outstanding. I think he ended up having about 28 runs. Yeah, so involved with the game, and to be honest, I know a lot of people disagree with me on this. I still think you should put him at fullback. I I'm with you. Like you know, look, I am a huge fan of Sloan. I really am. He, he seems like a really good kid, like a really good kid, and he's got so much potential, so much potential. But it's getting to the point where I feel. Sloan really needs to sit, look in the mirror and go, what do I want to be? Like, because unfortunately Sloan, he is not a, as big enough yet of a superstar where he's just guaranteed a contract next year. He's definitely a player that if he keeps this inconsistent footy, he may, he may struggle to get a contract. Like mm. top 30s are tough to make these days. It's not just about getting a contract. It's about spaces in top 30. And do a lot of squads have spaces in their top, like their top 30 to take a risk on a guy that has been given opportunities and just doesn't click yet. But this comes from a place of, I want the best for Sloan. I'm a fan of him. I think he's, I think he's a, he seems like a really good guy and he's got so much potential, yep. but he needs to sit down and go, what am I going to, what do I want in my life? You know, and have a real honest conversation with himself. Doesn't have to, you know, environments. Yep, the Dragons absolutely haven't been the best environment for Bud Sullivan, for, for Sloan, for Amon. Agreed. I totally agree with you. But there are parts of Sloan's game that has nothing to do with environment that he just needs to fix up because Sloan at his best can be similar to Jaden Campbell, similar to all the young guys coming through that are super exciting, super exciting. I think Sloan's potential is, is genuinely... Put it this way, if you put Sloan at his best at the Storm or Panthers, they they can still win a premiership. Yep. So his potential is a top eight elite tier fullback in my opinion. That, that, that is what his potential is. But right now, you see it in one game. He'll do something great, mm. something silly, drop ball, something great, something silly, defense he still needs to work on. And so, as I said, this is coming from a place of wanting the best for Sloan because I really do. But he really needs to sit down and ask himself some tough, tough questions. Yeah, I agree. He's he's wildly inconsistent, and like I say that like half positively because his ceiling is it's incredible. Enormous. Incredible. But as you said, he'll do something crazy, but then Junior Tupel will bump him off and he'll score. Which yeah. which there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a way the bump off like yeah. he didn't make anyway, or he'll get an inside ball and drop a cold. Yeah. Um, and so. It just, it's just a matter of him sitting down and just being super honest with himself. Try not to look externally as to what has been done and the you know certain decisions made by coaching staff because I still do believe that he hasn't had a fair crack in regards to, you know, there's going to be scarring when you get treated the way he was treated at the start of his kind of career. So it's not all his fault, but you can't you can't focus on that anymore in regards you can't look back and go oh, well i was had bad development you're here right now and you can only control what you can control you worrying about anything else is not going to help you so he's just got to get to a point where he goes you know what the world's at his feet 
The world is at his feet. He can go on to have an incredible NRL career, but the choice is his, which is a gift and a curse. Because I tell you right now, and this is coming from someone that had a lot of talent coming through and, you know, played multiple sports, whatever. You feel a lot of shame when you don't live up to what you should have lived up to as an athlete that can deliver a lot. Uh, and that's that's from me. You know, I should have had a 10-year career, but because of certain decisions, and yeah, I, I got screwed over for sure. There's There's no denying that, Clubs did certain things that weren't fair on me, but it was still my choice to make certain choices that I made that didn't make my career end on the way it should have ended. Mm. And it'll it'll haunt you for the rest of your life. So he's got that choice to make. Quick question for you. Just say Dragons finish the year, bottom four, which they probably will. Sloan plays the same. When you're Shane Flanagan, do you pick one of them to start the preseason or do you have them fighting for it? I... Right now, if I was a coach with Sloan, he'd be on the wing and I would be saying to him, mate, we need, you need to show me week in, week out that you're willing to take tough carries out of our own end and do the, the stuff that, you know, it's the shit stuff. You hate it. Like, I didn't like taking scoots. Like, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big winger or whatever, but it's just stuff you had to do. And so if I was a coach, he would be on the wing and he'd be working on his defense and he'd be working on all the tough stuff in the game, the tough carries, you know, running it hard into forwards. And Sloan's not tiny. He's, he's taller than no, me. he's tall, yeah. Yeah, he's taller than me and he'd be, be around 90 kilos. Yeah. Like I was playing NRL at, not, at 82. Yeah. Um, so he'd be on the wing and basically that's where I would let him serve his apprentice, apprenticeship, sorry, to eventually develop in, into the fullback that he needs to be. Because I do believe Sloan at his best is the best fullback at the club right now with Zach Lomax because Zach Lomax, they've found a balance being able to get him some work. Yeah. But right now, I just think that Sloan just needs to serve his apprenticeship under a new coach. And and look, Flanagan's going to be the best thing for him because we know Flanagan's a player. He's a, a player's coach, which means that he, he develops a really strong bond with his playing group. And you might say, all coaches do that. No, they don't. I promise you they don't. Um, and so I think... I think Flano is going to have a really honest conversation with him. But as I said, if it was me, I'd be putting him on the wing and I'd be saying, Matt, I need at least 15 carries a game from you coming out of our own end. Um, you know, then I'd sit him there for at least a year or two maybe. Yep. And then once he's like maybe a season and he sh once he's shown like, yep, all the tough stuff, all the, the defense is sorted, you move him back to, to the fullback. And that's when for the next 10 years, it'll make him a better player. Yep. Um, I'd probably move uh, – so you'd have – uh, I'd probably move Fine into centres if he can handle the defensive responsibility. Then I'd have Suli as the other centre. Yeah. And then I'd have Ravalawa, who needs to work on his defence. You know, we saw last night. Yeah, so this is coming from a place of wanting the best for Sloan. Yeah. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong and maybe there's way more to it and I'm, the, I'm just incorrect. But outside looking in, I just think that he needs some time developing before he gets that fullback role. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree. And I, and I wonder... I mean, Cody Ramsey's probably going to be the fullback this year. So I, I wonder if he... As in, he was supposed to be this year? Yeah. Yeah, I, I still see Ramsey. Even though he did really well at fullback when he was playing, I still see him as a winger. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah. I think Lomax should be back there. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I definitely agree with Lomax. I just think there. he needs his hands on the ball as much as possible in this time. They yeah. can't afford to have a guy like him sitting in the centres. Yeah. He's too good. And he seems to have stepped towards a responsibility. So it's now, it's it's like, mate, we can see how you can play. Like, now... you. If we if we walk off in eighty minutes and you've had eight runs, then it's disappointing. Yep. Um, he can like I'm shocked at how match fit he is, Zach Lomax. I did not think Lomax 
could do 28 runs in a match and mm. be sweet. Like it's truly, I think he could be an incredible fullback. Mm. And at the very least, if Sloan develops into the fullback, we think he can. We know Lomax can kill it at center. Mm. We know he can. Uh, that flick pass that he did was absolutely phenomenal. And that's where you go, like he's like, that's an example to Sloan. Lomax, what was his issue? Flicking all the time. Mm. And so we always said, like, he needs to just take the tough carries. The flick will come. What's happened the last two weeks? He's done all the tough carries, and it's the greatest flick pass he's thrown in his career yep. because he earned the, it came. The moment was there, and it just came naturally to him. And that's why, that's why when you hear a lot of ex-players about, like, oh, you got to earn it, and, and it's just like, what are you even talking about? Earn it. Like, if it's there, it's there. There's your perfect example. Lomax has been taking 25 to 30 carries the magical flick pass happened when it was supposed to happen rather than him forcing yep. the issue. And if Sloan wants to take something more from that, this Lomax flick pass, put it away, was only, I think, a year ago. Yeah. Like, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, absolutely. So he's absolutely earned it now, and it's only taken a year, really. Yeah, and, and uh, as I said, like he's been put back to his preferred side, and the same thing will happen with Sloan. Yeah. I guarantee you, if Sloan takes 15 to 20 hit-ups a game, even to 25... I guarantee you he'll have more line breaks because those they'll just happen. Yeah. Uh, the, the one thing that Billy Slater, it's his most underrated attribute, was his repeat speed fitness. Mm. Billy Slater wasn't far, that, far, that much faster than anyone else, wasn't that much stronger than anyone else. Um, his ball playing was pretty average when he came into grade. He had to work on that. He worked on his speed a lot, Slater. Yeah. So what, what he, the difference between Billy and every other fullback was – Every time there was an opportunity, he was right there. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the time in games, fullbacks, opportunities arise and they're not there because they're not putting themselves in the game the way Billy Slater did. Teddy, again, his most underrated asset was every time an opportunity presented itself, he was in the right spot. Why? Because he, he just forced his way into the game. Yeah. And I think Sloan can be – like, I think Sloan can be like Ryan Pappenhausen. That's Ryan Pappenhausen's secret weapon. It's the fact that he's always there. He's always there. Um, and if Ryan Pappenhausen can make a millet, like, can to kill it at mm. this with his size, then Sloan can obviously as Absolutely. well. So I, I just think that, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Sloan. I think he's got an incredible future. Just needs to sort out that side of his game because – you don't want to be the 24, 25-year-old that's oh, all this potential, goes to another club, doesn't work out there because then you're over. You're probably over in the Super League by the time you're 26. Mm. Sloan is way too good for that. Oh, Sloan so. should have a 10-year career in the NRL and he should be a fan favourite. Yep. And his highlight reel should be as good as anyone's. That's how, that's how much potential I reckon this kid has. Yep. Got a lot of potential and he's still so young. Like He's got so much time to be patient. Heaps of time. And that's why you go – because Wayne used to do it all the time. He would bring a fullback, he'd debut him on the wing. And yep. then slowly move them back into more key positions. And that's why I reckon with Sloan, I reckon you put him on the wing and you go, mate, just give us, I want, your goal is 150 plus metres a game, 15 carries, and then just work on your defence. And I hope he received that well. I think he would purely because last year, he was obviously getting a bit itchy, I think. Mm -hmm. And he admitted that in an interview this year that, oh, I was, I was probably too impatient. So he's, yeah. he's been through it before. So, well, you just yeah. explain it to him. That's, that's what I think a lot of coaches don't do. If you sit down with Sloan and you say, mate, you're our fullback for the next 10 years. That's what we want. But this is the path we're going to take to get there. But, and then you have to, as a coach, in my opinion, you have to repeatedly remind him that he's still the guy. Mate, you're still our man. You're still our man. Uh, and if you make him feel secure in his position as a first grader, he'll be like, okay, I'll, I'll do the hard yards as long as you know everything's 
you know, the words are kept and everything, promises are kept. Um, and, yeah, I, I th- look, he, you're right. He came out and said maybe I was a little bit impatient. So this isn't a kid that isn't willing to listen. He's Absolutely. clearly willing to listen. Yeah. Um, anyway, on to Lomax. I'm super excited for Lomax. Yeah. I think that if he keeps this attitude up, it seems like Flano's probably giving him a call. I reckon Flano's called him yep. and said, mate, this is what I want from you. If you do this, I want you at the club long term. And I think that's, again, I think you'd be shocked at the amount of players that coaches don't communicate with. Don't just sit down and go, mate, love you as a player. This, You know, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You would be shocked at the amount of young players in squads right now that feel insecure, right. don't feel wanted, don't feel cared about. And they're like, you know, am I going to get selected? Am I gonna, does the club even want me? Does the club mm-hmm. even like me? You would be shocked. And right. that's what Wayne does so, so well. You, you know, Mark Nichols tells a story where he was a fringy. He went to Mark Nichols before the preseason even started. And uh, Junior Totola, and they were both fringes at this stage. Wayne Bennett sat him down and said, "Use the first graders, and no matter what, you will be starting first grade this year for me at the start of round one." He, and Mark Nichols says the confidence I, I'd never experienced that before. Where like, oh my god, this guy's actually backing me in. Um, and look, it's you always hear the good stories. You don't hear the bad stories of that where a player backs a coach, a uh, coach backs a player in. And we see it all over the, you know, players on huge contracts that coaches have been super loyal to that they haven't repaid the favour. Mm. But that's where you just need to be ruthless, I think, as a coach. Like if you back a kid in and he doesn't repay the favour and, and doesn't work his ass off, does that's where you need to be ruthless and be like, mate, you're gone. Yeah, but like you said, the first step is giving that kid the confidence. Yeah, it's, your, that's a, it's not the kid's job to make it. Like, yes, it is the kid's job to make himself feel confident to a degree, but literally... Your, your title is coach. coach yeah. So you're supposed to coach these guys so they feel um, wanted. And what do you hear about all of Wayne's players? They feel, you know, wanted, secure. All of Craig Bellamy's players, you've never heard. What's, what's incredible about Craig Bellamy, and he doesn't get enough appreciation for this, is he is known as like a tyrant, like bellyache. His nickname is bellyache. Blow-ups in the box. You've never heard an ex-player talk a single word badly mm. about Craig Bellamy, which is the total opposite of what you would expect of players under a tyrant in air quotation marks, wouldn't it? Yeah. You'd get at least some players going way too intense, you know, shit guy, blah, blah. No, no. All of them say Bellamy, so, so good. He cared about me. And that is the, the secret ingredient is, is being able to like make the players know that you care. Look at Ivan Cleary. You can tell those players love Ivan Cleary. Oh, yeah, they love him. They absolutely love him. Andrew Webster. Listen to the Warriors players talk about Andrew Webster. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, and I think Flano will really do that. Oh, as I said, I'm still all in on Sloan because especially with Flano coming to the club, if it was a different coach, I'd be a bit like, oh, I don't know. I think Flano's going to be good for him. Oh, I'm pu- If I'm a Dragons fan, I'm pumped for Flano. Mate, if there's one thing, he's a ruthless winner. Mm. Now, I know bit too ruthless in regards to he's willing to do too much. <laughs> but look, at the end of the day, this is NRL. You're here to win games. We'll get the Sharks record up. Um, and so that's if, if, if he can't turn the club around, I just don't know who would. You'd need a, a genuine master coach to turn the club around. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Lomax, I'm super excited for. Uh, the sin bin with Sloan, that was a bit of a silly error. Um, I've got to say, oh, the thoughts on Talao being put in the bin, I don't think so. Like the, I know the commentators were talking about professional foul, but it's, it wasn't a professional foul in the sense it wasn't a try scoring It wasn't a try scoring yeah. yeah. That's just a bit of rough. Yeah, penalty sufficient. That's like, what I thought as like, well. Like, I think 
we have become way too desensitized to 10 in the bin. Yeah. Like 10 in the bin is a big deal. Let's not forget that. Like so much, we just sit there and like to the, the 12 other players like, oh yeah, 10 in the bin, you'll be right. Oh yeah, sweet. Thanks bro. Like we don't even think about how hard it is out there for the 12 other, like the 12 players or 13 players. 10 in the bin's a big deal. I don't think um, Talao should have been um, put in the bin. Uh, Laurie at six. I just love the fact that he, he's a goer. He competes. He, he rips and tears and everything. I was always surprised that he was so easily just on the outer uh, at the Tigers. I like him at six. I thought he did a really good job. I do think that that left edge wasn't, was a, a bit clunky in attack though. We would get to Talao and he wasn't used to getting all this early ball. And so then the winger wasn't used to it. So that's something that's going to take time now. There's a lot of whispers with Laurie going to Panthers. Look, if Laurie does go to Panthers, you just know he's going to turn into a gun. Yeah. You just know. And he, like, that's his junior club. I, Laurie's a gun. Yeah. I, even, like, he was their best player last year. I think it was last year or the year before. I think it was last year. He should have got the medal. And, yeah. like, yeah, okay, he had some, you know, insufficiencies in his game, but or deficiencies in his game, but he's a goer. He, he competes in everything. He's definitely in that 17 somewhere. Like. Surely. Surely. A four, as a 14, 14 even. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, I thought Laurie was really good. Just, just for, just on back to Flano. So this is, so he took over the Sharks, in for the, his first full season in 2011. The, th- the three, year, the two years before that, they missed the finals by far. His first year, they came 13th. Then his second year, they scraped into the finals, then made the semis, then Asada, then semis, then they won the comp, and he, he was in, he was, he made the finals every year. Since he came back, yeah. so he, he he's got runs on the board when it comes to rebuild. Yeah. Oh, mate, mate, it's like especially like the Cronulla was not a like they were a club. I think struggling financially at that stage. Oh, big time, big time. Like so much so you're sitting there going, I don't even know if they're going to be in the yeah. bloody comp. Now they're actually one of the more wealthy clubs. Yeah. In regards to assets. Yeah. And, um, and like, and the thing is, like, he pretty much rebuilt them twice because. He took over Ricky Stewart and he took him from nothing to the finals. And then they just got smashed with Asada, absolutely smashed. And yeah. they came last and they, you know, all their plays were in disarray. And then they had to, they, he won the comp two years after they came last after Asada. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped if I'm, a, if I'm a Dragons fan, 100%. Uh, outside of that, in regards to, you know, I thought Ben Hunt had a solid game. Jacob Little, I think, again, you know, showed his class and he's only going to get better with more uh, game time. I tell you what, Jack DeBellin, he just, he never stops working. Mm. In a, a terrible year for the club, in on-field stuff that's just been so, just been so poor, jeez, he works his ass off yeah. in the middle there. He just tackles and tackles and tackles. And they've got him and, and Blake Laurie as well. They're, they're both just complete workhorses, so... Yeah. Uh, Fantastic for him. Ravalawa in defence definitely needs to work on that. I don't yeah. know why he was jamming in so much. Um, you know, I guess it's been you know one of his best years, Ravalawa. So you can, yeah. every now and then you can have a poor, for poor sure. outing. And good on him for like he got. Pre- I thought he was going to go off when he got injured, but he ended up scoring the winning try. So yeah, exactly. Very mixed so it's game. like mixed game, but you know, as long as he can sort that going forward, mm. he's had a, he's had a good year, Ravalawa. He's, he's had a good year and he's the most improved player in the last three years. He's right up At there. the Dragons, for at, sure. At, yeah, at the Dragons, yeah. Um, Amon showed, you know, real touches of brilliance. That flick pass back on the inside to Sloan. Sloan yeah. And that's where I say to Dragons fans, like, there is a good young core here. You know, like Sloan, Amon, like Sloan wouldn't have been there if he hadn't have played with Amon 
all these juniors. juniors. Yeah. And again, that's the importance of you know giving these three guys an opportunity to play together, giving Little some time to play together. They are a good like this. They're doing it in NRL. Like this isn't no longer in New South Wales Cup and that. Like Amone is impacting games in NRL with his partner in crime, which is Sloan. Sullivan obviously proved that he can do it too. With good coaching and a bit of time together, they absolutely can impact games. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was an incredible flick pass from Amon. Oh, and that's so that's good. where you go. Like, look at the flick pass from Lomax. Look at the flick pass from Amon. Look at all the potential Sloan has. And yes, we understand there are parts of the game he definitely needs to work on. But all the potential he has. Look at all the potential Sullivan has. Like, the future can be right for the Dragons. It's not as doom and gloom as some people might think. Yeah. It really isn't. I, I love the flick pass. My favorite part was because he did the double pump. You kind of expect the support to be on his outside, yeah. just to flick. and then. But he, Sloan just was on his inside. And they knew where each other was. Yeah. And he just went bang. It was that even was an incredible. Even try. a moan to know that he'd be there yeah. again. That's time playing together. That's why Queensland was so dominant. Is because Smithy, Slater, Cronk, Thurston, they'd all played so much rugby league together. Yeah. Like I'm pretty sure Thurston and Smithy were playing together when they were bloody kids. Or yeah. well, I know for example, like Slater and that coming through North, Slater yeah. and Cronk. Um, anyway, so. Yeah, look, good solid win for the Dragons. Is it top top tier rugby league? Absolutely not. But you got to take it where you get it. The, the Tigers at least were much better than they were, you know, sure. the last few weeks. Um, geez, happy Coruscant oh, is important. I was say, yeah. Um, so yeah, look, a win's a win. They got it. I know some people don't like me hearing me saying a win's a win, but like, what else are you supposed Jeez, to yeah. like? Like. <laughs> You're going to be doom and gloom every week and just sit here yelling, ranting and raving. But, but it is a win-a-win because you're trying to avoid the spoon. Yeah. So every, every point counts. Well, and also now the Tigers are four points adrift at the bottom of exactly. the table. Like you've almost locked yourself into not winning a spoon, which if the Dragons won the spoon, that would be a disaster. Yeah. Because, you know, I know I do agree it was time to part ways with Hook, but I think they finished like a win outside the eight last year. Yeah, they, they were hovering around that eight. So they've gone backwards a little bit. Um, and I, I yeah. think that that's probably because the way everything's been handled. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm still, I still think Flano can get them up around the ninth, 10th mark next year. Yeah. And in a good year, maybe fighting for the eight. Like I, few recruits, Flano's really persuasive. Um, oh, I'm saying that if they lose Benny Hunt. I was going to say, I wonder if they'll keep Benny Hunt. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. They've managed to make it go away for, for yeah. a moment but they I just got to bite the bullet man yeah if they struggle next year with Amon, sullivan sloan and little just growing pains yeah give them 12 months together yeah okay you're not going to play finals footy most likely yeah but the next year after that with a few more forward recruits come in who, who knows what could happen uh onto the tigers um junior tupo had a fantastic game that's great um but the problem with junior is he's just so inconsistent you know, he had really good first few games. Then the, then there was a period where he was really poor. Last night he showed his potential. So it's it's a similar with the Dragons and the Tigers. They, there's, there's signs of a really good young crop coming through. Obviously, Buller, Junior Tupo, uh, Stefano, if they hopefully they can keep him long-term. Api has re-signed. Yeah. So if they can land a good seven next year, maybe that seven can utilize that great forward pack. Uh, because I'd probably say on paper, not probably, on paper the Tigers are probably a, def, a better squad outside of Benny Hunt. Benny Hunt skews things quite dr drastically. Yep. But put it this way, heading into next year, if they can just get a solid seven, I would say on paper the Tigers are better than 
the Dragons. Dragons? Yeah, I think I, I think I agree with that. Yeah. Because you look at their forward pack, like their forward pack Stefano, is top eight. Yeah, <laughs> Stefano, Coruscant, Clemmer, Papali'i, Bateman. Yeah, like it's a bloody good forward pack. I tell you what, I know Bateman's not like the biggest guy in the NRL, but I think he's the guy I'd least want to get in a scrap with. He looks like he would. You'd have bite to knock him off. You'd have to knock him out. Oh, seriously, he's not stopping. He's not stopping. So, yeah. I know it's tough right now for both clubs, but it is what it is. Uh, what about Bateman's kick to himself? Oh, mate, the one where he like trapped it and it came back up. <laughs> that was incre- that was all. And then the little English grubber one. where he dropped it, dropped it back. Yeah. Jeez, he just competes on everything. Yeah, look, it's a tough time for the club, but again, what's what's the uh, the thing they both have in common is, you know, I would argue both have had issues in their admins. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sure. Very rarely do you see a well-run club. At the bottom, bottom of the table, you might see them in tenth or eleventh or whatever. Let's go and look at it right now. Well, the good ladder. examples like the Roosters, like they're they're the best well, they're one of the best well-run clubs. They're just having a, an absolute outlier of a year, but they're still not nowhere near the bottom. Yep, like so you got Dragons, Bulldogs, West Tigers, Bulldogs. They're starting to turn things around, but what's their issue been for the last five years? Yeah, it's they, been they've had so many so dra- so not many now, dramas. But yep. Yeah, um, Dolphins, a new club, well-run club. Knights going relatively well. I think that the last couple of games, like the, I think that they should be extreme, extremely proud of where they are right now, mm. but their next few games is going to be a real eye-opener. I'm very to, interested. They're playing Melbourne yeah. at home this week. Yeah. Like they've gotten, they haven't got a great, they haven't got a good record against Melbourne. I think anyone really does, but they've gotten Melbourne at home a couple of times. Mm. So. Um, well, even if they lose, it just depends on how they lose. How they lose, yeah. Because it, this would be a really good – because they play the Bulldogs and the Tigers two games, in, like, you know, so, yeah. you know, bottom-tier teams. Um, but, yeah, if you were to say, like, which clubs have had the most dramas in their admin, you'd probably say Dragons, Tigers, yeah. and Bulldogs yesteryear. Yeah. As in the last few years. Then you'd probably go probably, probably, Seagulls. Probably mainly, yeah. And like but they're, they're not having a good year either. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um Whereas you look at the top tier, Panthers, incredibly well-run club. <laughs> Broncos, really well. Storm, incredibly well-run club. Raiders, very well-run club. They're all behind Sticky. You look at the Warriors, they're a well-run club and they've made the right decisions. Yep. Um, Eels, Rabbitohs. Like that's the ironic thing is, is like outside of maybe the Roosters and maybe the Cowboys, the top eight clubs, admins, are all probably the best admins. Yeah. Which is, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, like you're never going to see a club in the at the top of the table that has a bad admin. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but you might see a club that's poorly run with a good team at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. can see good teams at the bottom of the table. Oh, absolutely. But you never see good admins at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Which shows you where it all starts in the front office. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway. Uh, to the week. I tell you what. I was sitting there. Last night, and Matildas obviously got up 1-0 yep. against the uh, Ireland. So they opened their World Cup campaign with a win. And I was watching that game, and this is coming from a guy that grew up watching soccer. And I was like, mate, NRLW to watch is, is I believe, is a better product than women's soccer. Mm. So I'm sitting there going, this is the tippity top. This is Australia versus Ireland. Like Australia's ranked 10th in the world. Ireland's like 20th or whatever. So it's like essentially some of the best you can watch in regards to... Now, I know Australia didn't play the best. So it's not like, you know, the bad countries or whatever. But we that, also had our best player missing. Yeah. And so I'm watching, I'm going, 
I would, I would much rather watch an NRLW game. Mm. Way, and we're talking about a, a way younger game, a way younger game, way less resources just in Australia. And yet the product, in my opinion, is more exciting. And I think the girls that play NRLW, uh, their skill set is more suited to rugby league than it is to soccer. Yeah. Okay. So for example, you watch the AFLW and it's, it's not a high quality. Um, and look, that's a mixture of, they haven't been given you know, as much resource opportunity. But I just think that the girls' skill set, that, put it this way, girls have been playing touch for ages. Their ball playing and spins, like some of them are better ball players than me in regards to being able to spin a ball left and right. That's obviously I played soccer my whole, game, my whole life. But so girls have been playing touch for ages. And if you go and watch a women's touch game, their passes are crisp. Now they're not as crisp as men's, but they are crisp. Yeah. Um, so that's sorted. So the ball playing is at least, you know, it's good to watch. Then the physicality, like go and look at the UFC and watch the MMA there. Yes, it's not the same standard as the men's uh, MMA, but it's still enjoyable to watch at the top tier, the women's MMA. You've got Shashenko, you've got Nunes. Like these are really fun fights, uh, fights to watch. And so you mix the physicality with they've already been playing touch for ages. We have such an opportunity as a game with the NRLW. Matter of fact, I went and looked at that stat I was talking about last year. So last year, I think there was like an, a netball grant, like a final or something. Four o'clock, prime time position. Right. NRLW was at like 11 o'clock in the morning or something. So shit spot, whatever. It rated, so apparently it rated over 200,000 viewers. Jeez. The netball game, we're talking about netball. Netball's been around for ages in women's sport. Yep. 18,000 viewers. Oh, so it smoked? Smashing it. The NRLW, some of the women's game, like one of the best women's games, got close to um, the men's game. Yeah, right. Like it, it hasn't hasn't got more viewers and they're in worse time slots. Yeah. Put it this way, I'm pretty sure last night the, the ratings for Dragons versus Tigers, and look, I understand Ashes on, Matildas are playing, yeah. I get it. I think it's about 50,000 for Fox. Yeah, um, right. And like, let's, let's say it's, you know, 70,000 for for nine or even a hundred thousand. I'll give you a hundred thousand for nine. The best team last year for NRLW, the best game, it was around 250 to 300,000. Interesting. Wow. We have such an opportunity with NRLW. It can be one of the better women's sports in the world, in the world. I just think that, as I said last week, like we need to stop comparing it to, and I know like I'm guilty of it too. We need to stop comparing it to the men's game and just look at it as a separate product. It's, the men's game, in my opinion, it'll always be faster. It'll always be, in my opinion, better to watch. But that doesn't mean the NRLW can't be its separate product that, you know, I'll watch it sometimes, but also women can watch it. Mm. If women can get behind NRLW, it's I, – I just think that when I was watching the Matildas last night, I just thought we have such an opportunity with NRLW. We have only been around for, what is it, five seasons, six seasons, something like that? If that. Let's say five or six seasons. Imagine in another 10 years how good the NRLW can be if we put a bit of resources behind yeah. it. And as I said, I don't, I'm not the guy that sits here and goes, oh, this is better than the men's. Not at all. Like I, it, I, I personally don't think it ever will be. Mm. Doesn't mean it can't be a good product on its own exactly. merits. And I think if you spoke to a lot of the NRLW women's players, they get it that men are bigger, faster, stronger. They understand it. But NRLW, there are games that are exciting and enjoyable to watch. Whereas yeah. the Matildas game, I was purely watching that because it's Australia playing. It wasn't exciting, you know. It, yeah, it wasn't the best watch. But 
they're Australian, they're our girls, we've got to watch them and support them. Sure. Whereas NRLW, there have been times where I tune in and I'm like, I actually am watching this because this is exciting. Well, I mean, I don't even have a team because there's no Rabbitohs and I, and I watch it. Yeah. NRLW. And obviously I'm a footy, footy nerd, but I, I will say i got to give it a little bit. Of, I know the NRL are loggerheads with the players at the moment and every, all that aside, like a lot of things could have been done better. But I do have to give the NRL some credit for two things, which has created like how good this women's game is. Firstly, there's been pathways in place for these women for probably a decade now. Like I remember in New South Wales, there was well before the NRLW started, well before women's origin started as its official thing. Um, pathways like where the girls would learn, I don't want to say learn how to play, but it was more like a- um, No, learn how to play. Like, like a- that's like a, That's what they were learning how to play. They were learning how to play and like, why things happened and mm. that kind of developed their skills yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Like, but like guns like Ruan Sims, Alana Ferguson, yeah. like they came through this. And yeah. then now obviously we've got the product we it's, have. Look, people that, are, people that are scared to say what the truth is, yeah. it's condescending to the women. Yeah. Just be honest. Yeah. I had to learn how to play. Like it's, you know, it's fine. And, and so the girls, be honest, the girls game is behind the men's game by a substantial margin. It's never going to be the same, but it doesn't mean it can't be great. Yeah. It doesn't mean it can't be great. And, and the difference between what the girls' women's game was, say, in 2016 as to it is now, it, it's Mate, night and day. Go and watch one of those older games. And fair, it, it's not as good because, put it, like even, I remember Charlotte, I had Charlotte Caslick on my podcast years ago, like six years ago. Um and she had to learn how to tackle and everything when she went to rugby union mm. from touch footy. Um, and like it just more time, it'll make it more exciting. And I just think that, as I said, watching the Matildas game, I was sitting there going, this product is nowhere near as exciting as the NRLW. Yeah. And then I looked at the crowd, 75,000 people. And I understand it's a world cup. There's heaps of hype and it's Australia playing. I get all that. There's still 75,000 people in a stadium. That's people we can win for NRLW. Yeah. That's the people that we should be trying to get to the NRLW. And so the Women's World Cup only comes around every four years or whatever. And yeah. it's not going to be in Australia for ages. So they exist. People exist that want to go out and watch it. So why not be the premier women's game in Australia? Well, another example, the Women's Cricket World Cup final last year or the year before, that got 80,000 yeah. in Melbourne. So they're, they're there. It, they're there. They're growing. It's, you know... As I said, I'm never going to sit here and be like condescending to the girls and be like, oh man, she should play in the men. She would kill her. It's like, no, let, let's just, yeah. let's show them the respect of treating them like adults. Yeah. But I think women's rugby league is the best women's sporting product in the country. I wholeheartedly agree. And wholeheartedly. That's, so it's like, what an opportunity then. Mm. What an opportunity. Um, like I am frothing for South to come in. Like, I, like yeah. I'll get, like, you know what I mean? Uh, one thing about the Matildas game last night that I really like, and I noticed this when I watched Women's Origin as well, is all the young girls that are in the crowd, which yeah. which shows the opportunity we have because they they are coming through with these it's heroes a different world. of theirs. It's a different world. Like they they are coming through, and they are not. They don't have posters of male sporting stars on their wall. No. It's females. And look, and yesterday, yesterday they'd had that as well. Like, you know, Serena Williams and there was, there's been plenty of, you know, Kathy Freeman, plenty of incredible female athletes that have been around forever, but there's just more now. There's more for these young girls to be able to choose from. So when you see 75,000 people rock up for the women's game, when you see the, the cricket rock up yeah. and then you go, okay, who has the best women's sporting product in the country? It's a, it's rugby league by for a sure. mile, by far, by a mile. Yeah. Imagine how good it's going to be in five years. Um, 
Yeah, so I, as I said, we got a real big opportunity and I'm not, I'm not saying it because I'm sitting to go on trying to be all like, you know, just saying it for like lip service, virtue signal. Mm. No, no, I genuinely was watching Matildas going, this is pretty boring. Mm. Um, and maybe that's a mixture of the fact that obviously I like rugby league, I watch it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But also I just felt that the, the standard wasn't as high as what I watch some of the young girls coming through right now. Like who's the, the seven from Newey Knights? I just got mad footwork. Oh, yeah, the one Joey always talks about. Yeah, mad yeah. footwork and mad ball playing. Like that's anyway. Uh, is it Southwell? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Millie Boyle. Like Millie Boyle is great to watch. Like great, she's exciting to watch. So, I love I love Isabel Kelly. Yeah, she's a she's a and Jess Surge as well. That just yeah. the root, like so, so good. As I said, we need to separate it and go. Look, the men's product will, in my opinion, will always be more enjoyable to watch. Doesn't mean this can't be a separate, mm. exciting product that you watch. Like, for example, there are little things that you could look at and go, there's barely any wrestle in the women's game. Mm. So if you want to go back to, like, 90s-style rugby league and watch the free-flowing, you know, yeah. you can get that. There's, more pure, there's a lot more purity. It's, it's, even in the soccer, like, there's the men's soccer. Like, I don't like soccer, but the men's soccer, they roll around every time they get touched, but oh, the women man. don't do that as much. I mean, they do much. sometimes, but, yeah, it's less. It's yeah. definitely less. Um, yeah, so I, I was, as I said, I was watching, and I just think we've got a really good opportunity. The best women's sporting product in the country. It's already proving that. If netball's getting 18,000 and our league already is getting over 200,000, yeah. man, and all those young girls we saw in that stadium, yeah. if we can grab that audience, I'm telling you right now, we, if you want to split it in genders and be selfish, we as men, we win. Yeah. The more women that get involved... We win. It's a win for everyone. I think as well, one thing that I am, I will die on this hill. I think the women's origin, and this is a perfect example of separating that the men doesn't have to be the same time as women's or whatever. The women's origin should be immediately after the NRLW. So then we get to watch, because they the, the, the women's origin this year was on day one of preseason. So yeah, everyone no. was a bit rusty. If we got to watch the whole NRLW season, watch the grand final, and then everyone's kind of got their eyes on it, they know who was killing it, and then the origin teams yep. get picked, I reckon that'd be amazing. Yeah, and I think because the because there's less teams, there won't be like four teams sitting around for like two months. Exactly. So, so you won't get like lower tier like teams that are not fit, ready for origin. Because mm. how, how long is the season? It's nine games. I think it's isn't nine it? rounds this year, yeah. Nine rounds, and then they go what? I'd say it's, I think it's the same for it's so, either three or four weeks of finals. So three or four weeks. Yeah. So you'd still have to work with the fact that a lot of the girls may not have been training for three weeks or so. Yeah, that's true. Um, but the good thing is, is because the season's not as long, they're not battered and completely bruised. Mm. Like by the time men's season ends, they are fucked. Like yeah. there's just so many players. Origin wouldn't be as good. The reason why I like origin in the middle of the year is because it's round 10. So everyone's peaking. Their bodies are in the best shape they can be. Everyone's match fit. And so what's perfect about the women's game at the moment, it's a nine-game season. Yeah. Let's say 12 all up. What's that? It's about round 12 of a men's season. Exactly so, right. yeah, I think that would be a good, really good um, way to do it for, for uh, women's origin because it's not a good showcase putting it at day one. Nah. The standard this year was there, there terrible. There were so many errors in that. Game one was terrible. Yeah. Um, game two was definitely a bit better. But game one, I mean, like going, it's like watching a preseason trial. Exactly. What do you expect? With Clark, with NRL players, it's fucking terrible rugby league. There's drop balls everywhere. Yeah. As in the men's game, you go watch a preseason trial, you're like, oh my god, like mm. it's like sixty percent completion for both yeah. teams. Um, the only reason we watch it is because we've been starved of footy for three months. Yeah, exactly. We're <laughs> dying for it. Uh, yeah. You know what I was thinking the other day? Mm. I was sitting there. I was like, you know what would be the most, the worst situation? Okay, you rock up and you're an actor, mm. and you're just a young actor, just trying to make it. 
and you you haven't found your who you are as a person yet. <laughs> and you go for a role, and they go, um, "All right, all um, we've got all the jocks over here, so you you guys get this role. You know, we've got the the, the pretty girls over here. You get that role." And they're like, um, and you're the piece of shit drug addict. <laughs> You'd be like, uh, hang on a sec. So I look like a piece of shit drug addict. <laughs> That's so true. So imagine if like you're going for a role and they're like, oh yeah, you're playing the ugly person in this. I've always, I actually have always thought that as so well. So you're like, oh, okay. I'm the ugly person then, I guess. Like a hot person is not playing the ugly person. Mm. So imagine if you kept getting typecast as like a drug addict or something. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, this sucks, man. This fucking sucks. Oh, I, I tell you what I think, which is very similar to that. You know those actors that you always see just pop up and they're always a, a side character? I always think, what would that do to confidence? You, yeah. All you are is a side guy. Mate, I'm happy with a side guy. I'd be happy with a side guy. I just wouldn't be able to handle- Oh, ugly, like, that'd be bad. You're rolling in and every every gig you get is like drug addict, <laughs> piece of shit liar. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you read the script and it's like, oh, this guy is the antagonist. Like he makes everything fall apart. Like genuine piece of shit. And you're like, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. So I'm a, like, that's that's who I am. I'm a new actor and you just like look at me and go, yeah, drug addict, piece of shit. Oh, yeah, you're so right. I guess, I guess though, if you're an actor, you've got to have a lot of confidence. So- I don't know. Maybe they could. Maybe they maybe that's to own what, it. Maybe that's what makes them so weird. Is because they're so battered and beaten down. Like again, imagine you're starting your career and your first ten roles, you keep getting typecasted as liar, manipulator, mm. used car salesman. You know what I mean? And yeah. you're going, what the hell, yeah. drug dealer, bad guy. Shocking for your self-esteem, and you'd, you'd look at the mirror every night and you'd cry yourself to sleep. But not only that, you then have to, it gets showcased to the world. Yeah, ugly dude. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, we're, um, when they go to their, like, I don't know, their agents or whatever, oh, yeah, we're looking for a person to play the ugly person at high school. And then your manager rings you up and go, got the role for you, mate. Got yeah. the perfect role. We, they need a big nose, ugly fuck <laughs> with terrible charisma, <laughs> bad teeth, shit, shit voice. That's your role. Oh, Could you that'd imagine? Kill ya. That'd kill you. And like the actors have to do that all the time. Yeah. And also, you know, wonder like the really, really famous actors that play all the good roles are so like messed in the head because mm. you're constantly being told, oh, you get to play the beautiful person. Yeah. We're, we're get, we need you to play the jock at high school that everyone loves, charismatic, good looking, smart, and you get that role all the time. Like for example, there were like men that get um, – cast as heartthrobs mm. of course he loves himself yeah you know what? that's a great point i wonder who it's actually more damaging for like sh surely short term it hurt hey, listen, hey listen listen i'll take heartthrob over piece oh, of yeah, shit I'll, piece I'll, of shit ugly dude any day of the of week of course but imagine like like give it 10 years and you're like so mentally even though you're an ugly dude you're so mentally strong compared to the heartthrob dude who's just got an inflated ego like i wonder who long term that's more damaging for although oh. i'm not I'd definitely rather be the heart. Yeah, I think everyone, like, if you kept getting ugly, dude, yeah. it's like, look, oh. it's like, yeah, there's there's got to be ugly people out there. That's the thing. Yeah. If you're ugly, like myself, you've got a big beak, you just got to cop it. You just got to cop it. Especially guys when there's definitely more. more. Well, there's way, there was, there's way less pressure on men to be good looking that's than women. True. That's true. That's very true. Like, women, you know, here we go, dating advice. Here, here we go. You want some dating advice, boys? Here's, here's my tip for you. And it's not everyone. This is not generalities. This is just in my experience. Men's sexuality is physical. 
women's sexuality is emotional. Oh, yeah. For sure. So, like, ugly dudes, look, point on one, <laughs> can get good-looking girls as soon as you accept that as an ugly dude. So, years ago, I accepted that, look, I'm not a good-looking dude. I'll never be a good-looking dude. So, why even play into that? But can I work on trying to make a girl laugh, make mm-hmm. her think, make her feel happy, sad, all of those things? Yeah, I can work on that shit. And so... If you're an ugly dude, there's still hope. Whereas like women are constantly told you have to be pretty, you have to be this. Like there's so much pressure for them to be good looking. They don't get to just go, oh, I'll just be ugly and funny. No one, no one gives them that out. No one. And that's men and women. No one gives women that out of like, yeah, just be the funny girl and you'll be able to get anyone you want. Like they don't get that. That's so true. Because even like, even like, um, like good looking guys, like a lot of people. So, okay, let me wind it back. If you're like a half like average ugly dude or whatever, but if you've got charisma mm-hmm. and if you're funny, you can you can get whoever. Who my missus? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she's fucking really, really, she's really good looking. Yeah. Look at my face. <laughs> Boys, there's always hope. There's fucking always hope. I reckon, but I honestly reckon, and maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just saying this because I like, maybe I'm in the same situation as you, but like. Maybe. Jeez, give yourself a wrap. No, Jesus definitely, Christ. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's, bloke's all about honesty, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely in the same boat. Definitely. Um, <laughs> definitely in the same boat, sorry. I reckon it could. Trust me. I get people fucking telling me all the time in like the yeah. you know, punch of I don't care. It's, it's actually- It's a fucking badge of honor. I'd take it as a badge of honor. Fucking yeah. oath. Um, I reckon at the end of the day, it could- it, it's a, it's a, Those are lasting traits. Mm. Whereas like a good looking guy, you know- if they're not funny and not mm. charismatic, then oh, yeah, girls get bored of them. You know what I said to my missus when we first met? They what? got across the like immediately, boom. I said, There are better looking men than me. There are better looking men than me. Yep. There are richer men than me. Yeah. But no man will give you a better life than me. There you go. Bang. Boom. And it just That's a mic drop. That was a <laughs> that's boom. That's and she she laughed like, Who the fuck does this guy think he is? <laughs> the hell? But that's what you have to do if you're an ugly dude. You have to be like, All right, what can I offer someone to be a good partner? Yeah. It's be be a fucking good partner, provide a good life for them. Yeah, um, but also be charismatic and be funny. Yeah, I mean that does <laughs> that, that helps. I wouldn't cons- look. Yeah, I wouldn't consider myself that fucking charismatic if I'm being honest. But um, yeah, whereas women like they don't get that benefit. Like, women, oh, absolutely, they not. don't get yeah. the benefit. They they've all have so much pressure to to look good, to be fit, to be healthy. Whereas men can, as you know. As we can look at us and men can, sometimes you walk down the street and you see a bloke with a chick and you're like, what the fuck? How the fuck? Yeah, what? Is that guy like Einstein or something? How the fuck did he get her? So um, anyway, I don't even know how we got there. Oh, who knows? Who I don't even know how we got there. <laughs> but anyway. Talk about actors. There's always a chance, boys. And oh, girls. Earth. But there's always a chance, boys, from our experience. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Anyway. <laughs> love. Love with the beak. Beak's love advice, Dr. Beak. <laughs> Dr. Beak. Um, if I can do it, anyone can. Uh, let's get into tips for the week. This is a fucking good round. It is a great Come, fucking round. This is going to be good. All right. Um, so we've got the women's game. This is brought to you by Sportsbet. Gold Coast Titan Women's, North Queensland Cowboys. Great derby. Gold Coast Women's paying $1.45. New North Queensland Cowboys Two seventy-five. I tell you what is good if you're like a punter with the women's game. Yeah. Because there's like less data and like less history to kind of go off. And new teams. And new teams. You can find some. Like, for example, when the UFC first started, yeah. 
you could find some crazy odds because there was just no video or and obviously there's video of the women game but there's not as much data to go off in regards to odds exactly, so yeah. sometimes the odds can be crazy incorrect uh, but anyway titans dollar 45 north queensland cowboys 275 now i have been told that titans are the team to beat this year i don't know but i've been told they are and look at their roster they've got um some definitely some australian representatives in their roster this yeah. year as well uh this year uh, so they've recruited really well. North Queensland Cowboys 275. I'm going to Gold Coast Titans with the women's yeah. game. I, I can't remember her name. She, the, the Dragon's Gun. She, she went up to the, the Titans. But yeah. Uh, to, from Is it the, uh, Chanel? Um, yeah, i got I got to get the list up. No, I'll get it up because I know who she is. Yeah. She's, yeah. Yeah, if, obviously this is obviously Captain Obvious, but I'm going to have to watch this round to like get a good gauge of tips for, for next week. Um, but I've kind of read a few similar things about the Titans. So but they're the team to beat? Yeah. So that they I, I don't know if I heard the words team to beat, but I, I, I people are rating him. So I'll I'll tip Titans in this one. Uh, we've got to find the name now because that's gonna really piss me off. <laughs> They've got um another girl, Jamie Chapman. She played for Australia. Yeah. Yep. She's a gun. She's a center. I think it's Jamie Chapman. Let me get the premiership up. Yep. Women's premiership draw. Okay, it's not the women's friendship. <laughs> okay, here we go. Yep. Shant- I think it's Chantel, her name is. She's a gun. And she's with the Dragons? She's with the Dragons. Okay, teamless. Here we go. So, in the center, Jamie Chapman played for Australia. And she will be maybe up against Jasmine Peters, who I think used to play for the Titans and is a gun. Yeah. Jasmine Peters is played for the Titans, used to be a gun. She's playing for the Cowboys. Um, now, where is... Whereas Lauren Brown used to play for the Broncos. She's a gun. She's at Titans now. Shay Lee. Shay Lee Bent. That's it. Shay Lee Bent. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah, she's a gun. Really, really good edge back rower. Um, trying to look at some of the Cowboys girls. So I, I was, that wasn't who I was thinking of. I was thinking of um, Talia Fumano. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she, she's gone to the Titans. Is she in this side? She might be in Yeah, she's, nah, she's playing six. Oh, she's playing six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she is a gun. She yeah. is a gun. Well, I know that Shaylee, I'm pretty sure Shaylee played for Australia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's been... She's a gun for a yeah. bit of a while. Um, yeah, so I'm going to the Titans now, onto the Knights. V, the Dragon sweep, up crashed. That's mad. <laughs> um, well, Knights, obviously, it's a shame that they lost... Um, oh, my God, the app keeps Millie. fucking crashing. Oh, yeah, the, the, app, the app was... Here, you have to go on. Here, use my phone. That's right. I'll yeah, be. the app was crashing yesterday as well. Um, but the Knights have... It's funny these two teams. The Dragons are a completely, completely different team than last year. They're, they're coached by Siawi, aren't so they? Coached by Siawi, so they basically had to had to rebuild. So very interested to see how how they go this year. The Knights, obviously incredible last year, but um, they've lost Millie Boyle. So this is a very interesting game. I know the Knights are pretty are pretty short, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm keen to see this game. Like their their halves, Caitlin Moran and and Jesse Southall. That was the yep. one we were speaking of. Before. Tamika Upton's a gun. Tamika Upton's a free at fullback for the Knights. Yeah, so their their key positions, uh, they're well set. So yeah, I'm probably gonna tip the Knights. In Knights, Yasmin Clydesdale. I'm pretty sure she's good. Yep. Uh, even that bench, like Nita May, like she's she's played for the Kiwis. Jesse Southwell at seven that we spoke about. Yeah, so they got, they got a pretty. Pretty strong team, Newcastle. Doesn't um isn't uh oh no, it's not it's a different one. Caitlin Johnson, she's a gun. Yeah, I'm gonna go knights on this one. Yeah, I'll go I'll go knights as well. But very keen to see um 
this new Dragons team because it's there's a few new teams like I think like the Raiders whatever but the Dragons obviously have been there before they've made two grand finals but um, complete new squad so very interested to see how they go. Sweet. Um, okay, now we've got Broncos v the Roosters seven forty five. Okay, okay. Um, obviously, I'm picking the Broncos, but Jesse Sergis in the centres. She's an absolute gun. Uh, Corbin Baxter at fullback. Yep. She's good. Millie Boyle at eight, facing her old club. So, Millie Boyle went from Broncos, Knights to Roosters. Broncos, Knights, Roosters, yeah. Uh, it's funny, Corbin and um, Corbin Baxter and Isabel Kelly, they've been playing together for years ages. now. Like, they played Origin together back in, like, 2015. Chelsea sure. Lenarduzzi, she's gun. She's yep. a gun. Uh, look, I'm going Broncos for for the win here. Yeah, I, I think Roosters will win this one. You're going Roosters? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Keely Davis, she used to play for the Dragons, number nine. Yep. She's the Australian utility, I'm pretty sure. She's a gun. I think also her and Millie Boyle, they have a podcast. Oh, the, yeah. Up the front or something? Oh, I'll get it up. It's, they've, it's with the buy round. Yeah. Um, it's called like up the front or something like that. Or Yes, sweet. Anyway, uh, yeah, look, I'm going to go Broncos, but this Roosters, Isabel Kelly and Jessica Sergis is your three and four. Oh. That is pretty scary. And Taryn Aiken at six, she goes all right. Yeah. Um, okay, next one, we got we got Eels, Tigers. Team list. Okay, looking at the team list. We've got... I mean, in para... Lock, at Lock Kenny Cherrington, who could be the best personality in the women's game at Kenny the moment. And also, when she's on, she's, she's um, a freak too. She's one of the best. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know too. All right, I'm going Para in this one. Yeah, just looking at the teams, I'll probably go probably go Para as well. But Veda Walsh from the Tigers um, has always been good, really good. All right, now on to the Sharkies. Jada Taylor at fullback. She's an absolute legend. Done some NRL TikToks. And Tiana Penatani, she is at three. You've got uh, Kiana Takarangi at... Um, yeah, so Emma Tonegato at six. Yeah, yeah. I'm going Sharkies. Interesting here. to see, because Tonegato obviously playing fullback for the Dragons, so pretty keen to see how she goes in the halves there. There are our tips for the NRLW this week. Um, also, don't forget, Manulog, use code TAGO for $10 off when you spend 30 or more. Uh, and we've already given our tips in regards to the games this week. Uh, so as usual, guys, we'll go and fuck ourselves. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.